Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the Burgundy and Blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. I'm Mike Evans, good to chop it up and talk some hockey with you as the Avalanche Finish off the month of November with one of those dreaded OTLs, an overtime loss. Although, I never really feel that bad about an overtime loss. Do you? It's like you play 65 minutes of hockey, you you technically lose, but you come away with a point. All you're missing out on is one extra point. So, it's, it's not the worst thing. I choose to dwell on the bigger picture, and the bigger picture was this was a terrific month of November for the Avalanche considering they finished the month with nine wins, which actually ties a franchise record that has been accomplished twice before as Avalanche, winning nine months in the uh, nine games in the month of November. So good job there. And I think what makes the the performance in November that much more impressive is that that November record includes the seven nothing loss in Vegas and the eight two loss to the Blues at home. So considering how at the time how bad and potentially devastating those losses felt, the rest of the month turned out pretty good. And so I suppose there's. There's two ways, and I'll, I'll throw the question out there and let you answer it as you, as you see fit, but how will you remember the month of November? Will you remember it as the month that they suffered two embarrassing defeats that perhaps leads you to question this team at all, or do you choose to dwell on how they responded after those losses? Consider this. After they lost to St. Louis and Jared Bednar came out and – called out their effort, uh, accused them of quitting and just giving up and losing battles all over the ice. What happened after that? The Avalanche finished the month 7-1-1. Seven wins, one loss in regulation, and one overtime loss. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is what I choose to, to dwell on because in the bigger picture of things, how they responded to those losses and especially having their coach come out and call them out the way that they did. That's, that's huge. That's crucial. That shows that Jared Bednar has his finger on the pulse of this hockey team. He knows his team. He knows his leaders. He knows how they're going to respond. And the way that the players responded, didn't hang their head, understood what their coach was saying, understood what the coach was saying was true took responsibility, took accountability, and responded. I, I just think that is, is a massive development in this early season. There, there's so much that happens in the early part of a hockey season that you're, you're still kind of trying to f- feel things out, right? And what you see in October, November may not be what you see April, May, hopefully June. But – I thought this was an important stretch of hockey that they went through. They really got tested. And we learned a lot about this coaching staff. We learned a lot about these players. We learned a lot about their leadership. So I think that's a a huge positive development, the way that they played uh, after a couple of uh, embarrassing losses. And now they carry that forward, knowing 
that, hey, we can face some adversity. We can handle a tough game or a tough stretch of hockey and come through it on the other side. So that that is that is what I, ch- I choose to take out of the month of uh, November. The other thing that I guess as we look back on the month of November, Patrick Kane making his decision, and he's going to the Red Wings. I'm reminded of the great Mike Haynes, who once said whenever Darren McCarty would score a goal against the Avalanche, of all the people. <laughs> well, of all the teams, right? It's Detroit. I know Detroit. Detroit just isn't Detroit anymore, and Detroit has become just kind of another just another team out there in the NHL, and it's just certainly not the same rivalry uh, as it once was, but still, right? You know, the Red Wings, the Red Wings get Patrick Kane, and I'm, I'm sure that now once Patrick Kane made his decision, there are some Avalanche fans out there who maybe are like, well, I never wanted him in the first place, and I got a lot of that. Uh, the idea being that, well, if he wants to go to Detroit, that shows that he's not really interested in winning. And if he's not really win- interested in winning, do we really want him here anyway? Well, I think we'd all lo- love to have Patrick Kane. Um, it it would have been nice. But I, you know, I never really got caught up. I never really felt that landing Patrick Kane was was crucial in the in the first place. Uh, for one reason, I, I would like to see what the current group of players can do before you go out and make that kind of a commitment to a Patrick Kane in November. Remember, you do something like that, you pull the trigger on a move for a Patrick Kane now, it might severely limit what you would be able to do later in the season to improve your hockey team. And it might turn out that you have another role, another hole to fill on this hockey team that is is not a Patrick Kane type player. So there's that. There is also the the element of are you getting Patrick Kane or are you getting Patrick Kane? Are you getting Patrick Kane who was the great player with the Blackhawks or are you getting a player who's gotten up there in age and a player that has gone through uh, a pretty major surgery that has questions and no guarantees about how he's going to come back. So would I like to have landed Patrick Kane? Yes. Is it huge that they didn't? I I don't feel that way. I still think there's plenty of time to know and find out who you have on this hockey team, what you have, what you might need to get better at, and there will still be plenty of time, several months really, before um, the trade deadline, before you can uh, you know decide what what you need to do uh, as you get ready to to go into the uh, into the playoffs. So. The Patrick Kane story is is gone. That's done. That's been kind of hanging over the early part of the season. What's he going to do? What decision is he going to make? It's Detroit. Nothing we could do about it now. Plus, he goes to the Eastern Conference, so it's not like there's really uh, a sense that he's going to land with a rival and uh, and really make the Avalanche pay, you know, for the the rest of this season. So there is that. As far as as where this hockey team is at, you know, it's funny. Um, for a long time in the NHL, there was this, uh, really, it was statistically proven, is that if you were in the playoff hunt or if you were in the playoff mix, if you were a playoff team, by Thanksgiving you were pretty safe 
for the rest of the season as far as making the playoffs. I don't think making the playoffs has ever been an issue for the Avalanche. I just wanted to pass that that along because that's kind of been the barometer that if you can, if you're not a playoff team, if you're not in playoff contention by Thanksgiving, usually you're not able to play yourself back into it, which is which is kind of strange. But go back and look it up. That Thanksgiving cutoff is has always been kind of a uh, a big deal, but. Uh, taking stock of the Avalanche, as we're talking here right now, they've they've played uh, almost uh, a little over a quarter of their season, almost a third of their season. We're starting to kind of get a sense of, of who they are, what they are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Um, at this point, I feel pretty good. I, I really don't have a whole lot of issues with this with this hockey team. I thought going into the season, the biggest question marks were going to be the supporting cast. This second line, Ryan Johansson, that second line center that they've been searching for since Nazem Kadri left. And to this point, I I like what I've seen from the supporting cast. Um whether it be the 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 Ross Coltons, um the Miles Wood, uh Ryan Johansson, that new look second line. I thought Jared Bednar made an interesting point about the second line. This was after their win over, I think it was over Vancouver. And he was talking about the the second line. He said, hey, you know, a, a second line is going to take a little longer to gel because you are talking about skill positions. And it was like, not uh, to insult you, but uh, let me insult you. Uh, talking about third or fourth lines, he said you could put – a, a new third line together. You can put a new fourth line together and they can gel pretty quickly because what you're asking of them is somewhat limited. Hey, go in there, check, go in there and bring some energy, uh, go in there and play some defensive hockey. That's easier to do than asking your second line. Hey, go out there and start scoring goals, go out there and start working together. We're all three of you are creating tic-tac-toe passing and goals and, and all of that. It takes a little while. That avalanche second line anchored by Ryan Johansson seems to be picking up steam. Alexander Georgiev between the pipes. Um, you, you know, it's 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 one of those things that I guess until he actually does it, you're going to always have some concerns. Is he a Stanley Cup winning goaltender? Can you win a cup with, with Georgiev? I mean, you won it with Darcy Kemper, right? And... Again, the backhanded compliment, Darcy Kemper, you are a Stanley Cup champion. That'll never be taken away from you, but he wasn't that great. The Avalanche goaltending wasn't great that year, and they still won the Stanley Cup. But I, I think Georgiev's better, right? I just I just feel like he's a better goalie. I know he still has to prove it in the postseason. I just think he's the best goalie that they have had here over the last several seasons. So feel good about that. I suppose if there's if there's one issue that that I still have with this team defensively, do they have enough? Defensively, do they have enough to hold up against teams that might be able to bring uh, a, a real heavy game and and lean on them, lean on those Avalanche defensemen? Can those Avalanche defensemen hold up? Uh, especially as you get into a playoff series against that kind of a team. I think that's that's a question that still kind of lingers out there. Of course, Sammy Gerrard, uh, what happens with him as he uh, goes through the um, program with the, the NHL, dealing with anxiety um, and also some alcohol uh, issues as well. How does he come out of that? Does he come out of that? Um, 
in time enough for the Avalanche to be able to uh, get him back up to speed, rely upon him to be able to be ready to go for the playoff run. I mean, these these are all look; these are all first world problems for the Avalanche. Okay, they they are widely held as one of the best teams in in hockey. Every power ranking that's out there has them right there there at the top. Everybody knows that the Avalanche are legit, and it's just a matter of uh, making sure you have the team that you feel confident going into the playoffs that can win a Stanley Cup. So many good signs already through the first couple of months of the season. They just came off a record-tying month. So there's not a whole lot to kind of stress out about. Things are good right now. Things are good right now if you're an Avalanche fan. We'll see how this thing continues to play out and uh, watch them as they head into December coming off a really good November. So good stuff all around. As always, appreciate your uh, watching the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I would always love to get your feedback. And, uh, of course, you can you can hit me up uh, on, on X at Mike Evans 1043 Always feel free to reach out to me during the course of uh, the Schlereth and Evans show, uh, 6 to 10 here on the on the fan. Uh, please send me a, a text, 303-713-1043. Say, hey, Mike, I was watching your Mile High Hockey podcast. Here's what you said. I agree. I disagree. You're, you're full of it. You're completely wrong. What about this? I welcome uh, all of the feedback that you could possibly give me. So thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is the Mile High Hockey Podcast, and it is brought to you by Fort Comfort Gutters. Your comfort, their priority. We'll uh, talk to you again next week on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.